Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right, we're joined by a very special guest here on Out of Bounds today as we preview Arkansas and Alabama coming up in Tuscaloosa at 11 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning. And it is Ryan Fowler of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa. And Ryan, it's good to talk to you once again, man. How you doing this afternoon? Hey, it's good to be on. It's good to be on with you guys. Breakfast at Bryant Diddy Stadium. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but we're a little bit irritated at the way that the SEC just bows over to the uh, the bureaucrats at ESPN, uh, wherever they want to put you. And if they want to play at 7.30 in the morning or 7.30 at night or 1 a.m. in the morning, TV executives run college football. So homecoming at 11 a.m. in Tuscaloosa, that means the parade lineup, which I'm not in the parade, will start at 5 a.m., the lineup for the parade. So People that are part of the homecoming parade, it's going to be a long day in Tuscaloosa. Well, I think Razorback fans can probably relate because next weekend against Mississippi State in Fayetteville, Arkansas's 11 a.m. game is also homecoming. So, Ooh. yeah, it's uh, a little bit different, but it makes sense for Arkansas for Bama not so much because we know Alabama is Alabama. And once again, they're having a, a solid year. I know they had the loss to Texas, but we'll start with just what Bama has done so far this year, Ryan. The expectation is always to win a national championship, always with the Tusca in Tuscaloosa. So with the year halfway through, how it's gone, how's the feeling of Alabama fans right now? Are they still feeling great? Hey, still championship team? Are there major concerns? Just what's the vibe right now in Tuscaloosa? All right, let's go back to last week. If I can walk you back prior to Texas A&M. These guys were down in the dumps. They were not feeling good about Alabama. They didn't like Alabama to do anything. You know, it was more of a survival, right? Just go to Texas A&M and survive to win, to play another game. That Texas A&M game has given them a complete 180, okay? From where they were going, now they feel like that they have a chance to compete for a championship. And really, to be honest with you, I think they do. When you look at that defense, if that defense could continue to play the way that they have played so far, and Kevin Steele has changed that defense, just the mentality when you think about, um, you know, that just their overall, the fundamentals that were not a part of last year's team on defense, this defense is just playing much different with a lot of different confidence. The offense has had some growing pains. I mean, when you replace Bryce Young, uh, you look at the wide receivers, it's probably not been a strength for Alabama. The offensive line, you know, I feel embarrassed uh, because we told the audience throughout the summer that this offensive line was going to be a strength. It's been a weakness. I mean, th this offensive line, um, you know, they need like an NIL deal from like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. I mean, they're overweight. They're, they're just sloppy. I mean, I'm, I'm not being mean, but that offensive line has not been a strength for Alabama. We thought it would be. So, I mean, I know we're sitting here complaining about a team that's only lost one game and has everything in front of them, but this team has not played up to the Alabama standard. They have for certain parts of the game, but they haven't been able to do it for all four quarters. This will be a game that, you know, they're a heavy favorite against Arkansas, uh, but will they put it all together or will there be moments? Because you'll watch this Alabama team. They'll go to sleep on you for a quarter or maybe two quarters and then they'll wake up and they look like a championship caliber team. That part has been frustrating for a lot of Alabama fans. 
So yeah, take me through that. Cause I think that with everyone knows like the expectation, and everything you mentioned, the offensive line, which Arkansas's without doubt, their biggest weakness is the offensive line, which is crazy. You think Sam Pittman, I feel like there would always be good offensive lines, but is that the one thing that's keeping Alabama from being that team that everyone's expecting? Is it just the offensive line, the biggest issue? Or are there a lot of other issues too, that maybe teams can exploit to try to it may keep the game closer, maybe even pull off an upset win. Yeah, I think the tackles are – they've given up some pressure. Even J.C. Latham, who is projected to be a you know early pick in the upcoming you know NFL draft or at least a guy that will get consideration for an early draft pick. But when you look at the, the left tackle has been really the problem. They're still subbing in guys on that offensive line. I mean, we're talking about six games in. You're at the midpoint or beyond or will be the beyond the midpoint. And they're still trying to figure out which five are the best offensive line combination. That doesn't happen a lot in Tuscaloosa. Now, injuries can lead you into certain ways, but this Alabama team on offensive line side, pre-snap penalties. I mean, look at last week. They had 14 penalties. Nine of those were pre-snap. So, and this offense is not built to go, you know, like, third and 15 or second and 15, they they cannot be in those predictable downs. They've got at least, you know, pick up positive yards on first down, make it second and seven, second and six, where you're not as predictable. But the penalties have really made them be predictable. You know, it's third and 15. Well, everybody in the stadium knows what you're going to try to do. So this offensive line, it, it's just not been up to par. I think Tyler Booker has been pretty solid. But even things like snapping the football, Seth McLaughlin, I don't know if it's on the quarterback or if it's on the center, and, and I'm probably a combination of the two, but the snaps have not been solid. I mean, they've had a lot of bobbled snaps uh, this season. So wide receivers, not where they need to be, offensive line. And really, I think when you look at running backs, they've got production out of the, out of the running backs, but not what you thought it would be. So – this team to be at six and one, probably lucky a little bit, but I think uh, there's a lot more ceiling to go. It, and I've said it before, and you can record this and you can play it in January when I'm right or wrong. If this team can clean up their mistakes and they can take Texas A&M and grow upon the game at you know where Milrow went for over 300 yards, it was the best game of his career as far as throwing football. If they can do that. This team could be a team that could be sitting at the end, you know, competing for a championship. And if they get it all together, I've watched college football. I, I don't see a dominant team out there that on any given Saturday can't be beat. So if this Alabama team, if they could tie it all together, this team could be a team that could, could compete for a championship. But uh, they could also be a team that loses games that they're not supposed to lose. Um, you know, I'm not sure – you know, if they'll lose to Arkansas uh, or Tennessee, but LSU coming to town, got to go to Kentucky on the road. Uh, and then when you go to Lee County down in Auburn, you never know what to expect down there. I mean, they got, we call it voodoo stadium for us because you just don't ever know. But, but this Alabama team has got a lot of, to, a lot of work to do uh, to, to live up to an Alabama type team, a top football team. Being with Ryan Fowler of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa, previewing Arkansas and Alabama. Well, you mentioned Arkansas and uh, Razorback fans, you know, <laughs> they're two and four. They're not happy. They're upset and they want things changed. But it is crazy to think that 
Arkansas has gone is going to go over a full month without playing at home. So this is the final game wow. uh, on, on the stretch of road games. And Arkansas has also not beaten Alabama since the George Bush administration. So it's been a long time. And looking at this in particular, and when you look at Arkansas, I know you're not expecting Arkansas to win. And I don't even think Razorback fans are expecting Arkansas to win. But Ar- if Arkansas was to win, is there something about them, the matchup, they may, is it KJ Jefferson? Is there something about Arkansas that you could see and say, okay, if Alabama doesn't watch this or take care of this, then it could be an upset in Tuscaloosa. You know, I was actually going to go real quick to see if I could find some college football stats. Uh, where are you guys at when we talk about turnover margin? Uh, it's actually, some- they're actually like number one in the SEC in turnover margin. All right. Well, there you go. There's a <laughs> recipe. I was actually looking up that right now. So, uh, yeah, Arkansas sitting here with the 11 total gains. Wow. Okay. Well, there, there's your recipe right there. Uh, let's say Alabama, because Alabama's not the team that can walk out. Let's say they give three interceptions, and they've been known to throw interceptions. They've been known to fumble the football. We talked about the bad snaps just a couple of minutes ago. Let's say Alabama goes into this game, and which, by the way, Alabama's not one of the better teams in turnover margin. Uh, Alabama's uh, well, they're actually improved a little bit after after last week, uh, but they were they were near the bottom or, or middle of the pack in the SEC. So they're at 36 in the country, but but last week was you know kind of skewed the numbers a little bit. So let's say Alabama walks into this game and they give three interceptions to Arkansas. They give them you know three chances to to do some special things there. Then then I think that's where that game you know could really become a the second half game that could probably go into the third quarter. And Alabama's just not a team. You know, when I look at 19 and a half points, I'm, I'm just not sure Alabama's going to beat anybody uh, by that number. That's a big number for an SEC team for the way that Alabama, but Alabama's been sloppy. So, yeah, I know Vegas may be pumped up at Alabama playing College Station, you know, Texas a and out there, their best game so far. But still, they only won 26 to 20. Uh, so yeah, it's a good win on the road, but I think Alabama fans are kind of looking for a confirmation. I don't know if I, if I like Alabama to cover this spread. I I just think it's a, uh, you know, it's 11 o'clock start. We already heard Nick Saban kind of talking about the, maybe the lack of focus. He did that nothing speech. I'm sure you guys have probably, uh, heard about that, but, uh, you know, did some sports psychology as he always likes to do. But, uh, yeah, when you look at this Alabama football team, Give give Arkansas three turnovers and KJ Jefferson. They could put some points on, and you know you also want to keep my eye on Malachi Moore. Will he be able to go in this game? That that'll be another big part of that you know defensive side of the football because he's kind of the glue uh, that that held that secondary together. Well, and it's crazy. Like we're looking at the numbers and, and the rankings, and I'm not saying that Arkansas and Alabama are identical, but there are so many things. Like for instance. Uh, scoring offense you know Arkansas I was kind of shocked to see this but Arkansas is eighth in the SEC in scoring offense Bama's ninth I mean they're really close in fact Arkansas is 31.3 points per game Alabama's 31.2 so you're talking about 0.1 difference between scoring offense and then even in total offense Arkansas is dead last which is frustrating for Razorback fans but uh, you know Alabama's 12th you got penalties you know is another thing Arkansas has been one of the most penalized teams in the SEC but Alabama has been very much penalized 
Uh, same thing with sacks. They're pretty close. Sacks allowed, very close. So there's a lot of like similarities, and that's where it comes in the thing, Ryan, which I think, of course, Alabama's defense is much more superior than Arkansas's uh, defense, even though it is improved from last year. I look at it as this might be a low-scoring game. Like just because of both, it, something's got to give though. Something's going to have to give between these two where either Alabama's offense or Arkansas's offense is going to have a breakthrough because I, I would be hard pressed to think this game ends in 13 to 10, but I feel like one of these offenses are probably going to to break through probably Alabama just more so because of being the home game and them being a much more talented team. But that's the thing that really stood out to me is just how statistically there's a lot of similarities. Well, trust me, we've watched that sacks allowed because Alabama is one of the worst teams in the country in protecting the quarterback, and they give up a bunch of sacks. What's Arkansas like on pressuring the quarterback? Are they, um, as far as getting to the quarterback, is that a is that a pretty decent number for them? Yeah, it, it's been okay. It's it's not been elite, but I think uh, let's see uh, if they're if you're talking about sacks, uh, Arkansas is fifth in the SEC at, at averaging uh, two point seven sacks a game. And Alabama's at, uh, I'm making a third in the SEC at 3.7. So Arkansas's not bad, but they're not, uh, they're like, it's mainly been the, the Ole Miss game helped them out a lot. I think that they, they got to Jackson Dart a bit, but still, they're not a bad team, team at getting to the quarterback. Well, trust me, there's some money to be made at getting to the quarterback here. Okay. I promise you, <laughs> uh, you watch, I don't, I don't know what the, the total sacks, uh, the high for the ceiling so far has been for this year. But just just mark me down. They will probably reach that mark, if not go over it Saturday. Because Alabama can give up some sacks, man. And, I mean, listen, that's one thing about Jalen Milrow. He is a tough son of a gun, man. He can take some hits. Did you see that hit he took against Texas A&M? Yeah. I mean, it was like – and some of that was on him for reading. Uh, you know, he didn't read the hot blitz. But, I mean, he took a – bam. I mean, it, it was a knock your breath out. And if you go back and look, he's taken quite a few of those. Uh, Ole Miss got him a couple of weeks ago when he threw the the touchdown to Jalen Hale. But Texas got him a ton. This guy has been sacked quite a bit. And a lot of that is not on him. A lot, I mean, some of it is. But a lot of that's on that offensive line. That offensive line, it, you know, us in the media business, we're not supposed to admit that we're wrong. We were wrong. We were bad wrong. And I know there's even people that wrote bigger predictions that I'm writing on that offensive line. I thought that would be the strength of this team. And it's really been the weakness. I just don't know how we missed it so bad. Because when I look at this group, I'm telling you, man, they are an NIL check away from being Jenny Craig. It, it is – look at them on Saturday when you see them. They, they just don't look like an offensive line that's in shape. And – I mean, I'm sure this will probably make it back to the football building, but uh, <laughs> that offensive line is just – they're just not what you thought they would be. I mean, we thought that that would be a strength of this team. And who knows? Maybe they found confidence against uh, Texas a But to be fair, Tommy Reese has not used this offense to really gain a lot of confidence. So, so maybe the Texas A&M game from an Alabama perspective – Maybe one of those that it kind of gets back on track when you look at this offense. But uh, maybe he's, you know, balance is the key. It, it, to me, it's not about passing. It's not about rushing. It's about the balance attack. Can you balance attack? Can you keep a defensive coordinator guessing? And I think that will be the, you know, the real question uh, to, to get past this game, to get past Tennessee, 
and then the bye week, clean some things up and get ready for, you know, that last month of the season. Yeah, again, it's it's amazing. Like some of the stuff you bring up, it seems so relatable to Arkansas fans because his offensive line, uh, I don't think anybody was saying it would be the strength of this team, but it was about, hey, you got Sam Piven as your head coach. Sure. Like, you feel like every single time, you know, it's going to, the offensive line is going to be great. And I'm not saying it's all on the offensive line because I think that, uh, you know, some offensive changes have been there, but it's definitely been, you know, you know, it starts up front. If you don't have a good offensive line, none of it matters. Like it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is or how good your wide receivers are or running backs. If you don't have a good offensive line in front of you, uh, it, it's going to fail. And one of those uh, people that's getting a lot of flack for this is Arkansas's new offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, who's been at Arkansas before, has come back. He was also at Alabama before for, for a short stint, as we all know. But uh, what did you make of him in, in, his, in his short period of time there uh, in Alabama? I know it was a weird exit, but uh, just what did you make of him as far as uh, a coordinator and also a quarterback's coach? But trust me, we go through as many coaches. I'm trying to think of what year he was here in Tuscaloosa. I'm looking it up right now. But um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was only the quarterback coach. If I'm, yeah. yeah, he was, 2018. Yeah, he was the quarterback coach, and I think he took over to be the OC for the for the playoff game or for the championship game or something like that. I feel like uh, maybe it was when Sark left, and then he came in. I, again, I'm, I'm having to remember. I just know that he was there for a short period of time. And I, yeah, he was sure only he was, here for one year, one year, 2018. Yeah. Um, see, I'm trying to think. Let's see, 2017, Alabama won the national title. 2018 was a – was a great year it was actually a record-setting kind of year um i think that was the year that um i think to a uh did he get hurt no maybe that was 2019 uh, listen we float in coaches we change coaches like people change underwear down here so <laughs> and really the i don't know if you guys do this in arkansas but we don't get a chance to talk with the assistant coaches do you guys get that at all only like during the uh, preseason and that's it, but never during the season. Okay. And we don't even get the position coaches. We only get the coordinator. So if you're not a, a coordinator, we don't even get a chance to talk with you. So uh, that was to really, I just don't know if I have a fair opinion. I do remember there was a transition that was weird. I think maybe he wanted the head coach, or excuse me, the offensive coordinator job. And did they give it to um maybe it was michael oxley uh there because brian dable won the 2017 and so he stayed around in 2018 no that would have been michael yeah. oxley there i'm yeah. i'm trying to yeah. think but there was a it was a weird situation that he departed i just forget exactly what that was for but uh, yeah because dan enos needs to stay off email by the way <laughs> uh, yeah well see that's what that's what i uh was looking up it was apparently after mike loxley left for maryland is when he was supposed to step into that role uh, and he didn't and, get it he didn't get it and they, then they because they went to sark right didn't they go to sark uh trying to think if they brought him back or if he maybe that was 2020 i'm telling you man they changed mm -hmm. so many coaches down here yeah uh, i mean it's just like every season you lose three or four guys but yeah um, it, it, I didn't hear any bad things about him. If that's a good thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's when he went to uh, went to Miami because he became the offensive coordinator, I believe, at Miami right after that. Uh, but yeah, there was some weird stuff going on there too. But it just kind of and there was also the Josh Gaddis too. There was a Josh Gaddis in there too that left and went to Michigan there, and I think he wanted the job too. So uh, listen, man, I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I can't even keep track 
Uh, I'm, I'm doing good to look at 2023 when you look at the float and the coaches. But I do know that the jury's still out on Tommy Reese. But Kevin Steele, Alabama fans are pretty happy on the defensive side of the ball for him. But uh, uh, don't know a lot about Dan Enos other than that one year. And like I said, I'm not even sure his impact. Uh, but we did have good quarterback play then. But uh, yeah, uh, Tua Tagovailoa had a great season. And, you know, a lot of different things uh, that were set. And, uh, but I don't don't know a lot about him. But my only advice would be to Dan, don't respond to emails. Do not respond. I mean, we know that in the business, right? Uh, John, I mean, we get emails all the time, and we just say thank you for the kind words, even though they're probably not, not very kind. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm just so we can clarify for everybody who's listening, like, what are we talking about? So I got the story now of Danny Nussin leaving Alabama. Here's what the whole deal was. Um, it said uh, that he didn't get the coordinator role with the, the Crimson Tide, but he was – uh, tasked with coaching one of the most loaded quarterback rooms in college football with Hertz and Mac Jones and Tua and everything. And it also looks like uh, it said Saban was so impressed by how Enos handled everything that he promoted him to offensive coordinator when Mike Loxley left to become the co- coach at Maryland. But it says uh, the report by athletics, Bruce Feldman claimed that Enos randomly didn't show up to a staff meeting one morning when the legendary Nick Saban asked his staff where the bleep is Dan. And it turned out that he left Tuscaloosa to go be the Miami coach. And an anonymous source said he moved out like the Colts is, is what was uh, done. But Enos disputed that and said that he never did that. But that was the story of what happened is that he just didn't show up one morning. And uh, Nick Saban was was hacked, even though he promoted him to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Yeah, that's not uh, the only body that was allowed to miss meetings and, and not have a valid excuse was Lane Kiffin. Th- those were <laughs> – listen – I heard this all the time that Lane would be uh, uh, absent from those meetings. So that's a, and they meet at 7.15 every morning, regardless season, off season, Christmas time, it doesn't matter. 7.15, they have a staff meeting. And uh, that's the part that you've heard these coaches talk about how Nick Saban coaches his coaches up and, you know, how Kirby Smart would say that, you know, we would literally hold hands because, you know, they, they felt the Nick Saban wrath of, of just, you know, getting him uh, uh, at, at a pretty, pretty uh, crazy thing. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, I like I said, I vaguely remember that. But since you said it, I, it kind of brings up some memories. But uh, we've had a lot of coaches that have left here. Kind of ironic. I mean, the peak holding departure from last year where Nick Saban was hoping that he would stay. I don't know what all that was about because I think he was the worst defensive coordinator in Tuscaloosa. So <laughs> sometimes these coaches departures and sometimes they're kind of like planned. They like, they try to pretend like they're unplanned, but it's kind of like they're pushing uh, out the door and uh, thanks, but no thanks type thing. But uh, a lot of coaches come through t Well, last one for what you get out of here, Ryan, I appreciate you joining us. Just, your overall prediction of what the game is. I mean, you can say a score or whatever, but just how do you feel like this game goes between Arkansas and Alabama and Tuscaloosa at 11 a.m.? Yeah, I thought Alabama got back on track against Texas A&M, and I know we've talked about this. Um, no, I think Alabama gets back and, and continues what they were able to accomplish last year. When when you look at this, excuse me, last week against Texas A&M, I think that team was – they found confidence uh, there. And I think they'll build up on that. I don't know if I like Alabama to cover the spread. You know, maybe 35 to 17, something like that. Vegas is usually pretty close. But I could see this game being a lot closer. I don't think it's a fourth quarter game. But, listen, Alabama, you don't know what Alabama team is going to show up. So that's my question is which Alabama team is going to show up. I do like Alabama to win. 
I'm not really sure I like Alabama to cover. Ryan Fowler, you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan C. Fowler. He is of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa. Ryan, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game this weekend. Hopefully it's not too early for you, and it'll be a fun one. Hopefully that keeps it entertaining, but uh, should be should be interesting. But have a great weekend, man, and enjoy the rest of the season, all right? Hey, absolutely. Breakfast at Bryant Diddy Stadium. It's always great to be able to talk with you. Thank you, John. Anytime, man. Appreciate it.